Hi, it's Kayla, and this is High Crime Quarantine Edition. <laughs> um, I am joined once again by my roommate. Hi, guys. I'm Comfort Andrews. And yeah, Helene, she'll be back on the air. But for now, I don't know. This is High Crime. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, this it's St. Patrick's Day. The most Irish thing I did today was wear shamrock socks. My mom got me. Sweet. Uh, because, again, we are not recommended to be out in groups, social distancing. So I should have – maybe it's – maybe, like, I'll fall asleep to Luck of the Irish on Disney <laughs> Channel or something. <laughs> I actually love that movie. <laughs> Good old Ryan Merriman. Classic. <laughs> All right. So I guess just, like, since we already brought it up um, – Let's just say that I realize we're probably all pretty young, so we're technically safe from any, you know, fatal uh, risks with uh, coronavirus. But the point of social distancing is for the people who have compromised immune systems or are older or anyone at risk, because the more you move around, the more it spreads because you could be a carrier and not even show symptoms. So basically just listen to what your politicians, I know usually it's like, fuck them, but right now (laughs) listen to what they're telling you because like we're trying, we're not in a total chaotic situation right now. We're doing all this so that we prevent like an actual pandemic. So guys, just wash your hands. please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now for something also upsetting. (laughs) Today we are talking about. Mary Bell. Do you know who that is? I don't know who Mary Bell is. Nice. Okay. Mary <laughs> Bell is, I don't know why, but it's one of my favorite stories. Maybe because it's just so, so unsettling. I don't know, but I find her so interesting. Mm-hmm. And I know a bunch of other podcasts have done this, but I mean, I've listened to them. So hopefully this is like a combined gathering of information. But yeah, you're going to learn about Mary Bell. so mary bell was born in newcastle upon tyne in northumberland england that's so much to say yeah (laughs) how do you even like introduce yourself england has long ass names (laughs) it's always like lake with some frost like what are these names they're so fancy autumn in the fire (laughs) (laughs) and we're like woodman (laughs) (laughs) But so she was born to a 16-year-old sex worker named Betty who wanted nothing to do with her. She was – I mean, she was 16. She was not ready to have a kid. And when she first saw her daughter, she was – she reportedly said, take that thing away from me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So obviously that's not a good start. And unfortunately, this is a true crime podcast, so it doesn't get better from there. Betty was often away from home. She would take quote unquote business trips to Glasgow. Although honestly, it was better for Mary when her mom was out of town because her mom was so mentally and physically abusive that it was like when her mom was gone, life was actually easier, even though she was a little kid. Betty once tried to give her away. She heard a woman had been rejected from adopting. So she was like, here, have my kid. And, but her sister brought Mary back home. So it's kind of like a 
that 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 happened to Manson. I don't yeah. know if you know that story. Mm-hmm. His yeah, his mom traded him for a pitcher of beer. That's that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, really brings up nature versus nurture. Yeah, for sure. So Mary was said to have many accidents. She once fell from a window. She overdosed on sleeping pills. Many now believe that they were not accidents, but that Betty suffered from Munchausen by proxy. Do you know what that is? What is that? Okay, so Munchausen by proxy is like, um, it's like that big crazy story with Gypsy Rose Blanchard and Dee Dee Blanchard. Do you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So it's basically someone who has Munchausen by proxy. It's usually a parent more often than not a mom. And so they get gratification from the attention they get when they have a sick child. You know, so if their, if their kid has cancer, one, you get like, oh, you're such a great mom. You're such a good caretaker. And then on the other hand, when they get sicker, it's, you know, people want to comfort you. So they thrive off of that attention. So they will actually make their children sick. And often the way, unfortunately, often the way that Munchausen by proxy ends is with the child dying because the person doesn't know how, like, how do you safely poison someone their whole lives, you know? Right. Yeah. So um, it's like their way of getting validation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause Munchausen is when you fake an injury or a sickness or something for the attention. Right. But by yeah. proxy is when you do it to someone else. And so, yeah, she gets, she likes the attention. Like what a great mom, what a good caretaker slash, um, I'm so sorry you're going through this. How can we help you? Yeah. Like Dee Dee Blanchard uh, famously, you know, she she got her daughter trips from Make-A-Wish to Disney to like they got a house built after Hurricane Katrina. Like they took advantage of the system because of her illness that was not actually real. That's um, crazy. Yeah, it's it's fucked. But so a lot of people think that Betty had that and other people straight up think she was trying to kill Mary so that she would get rid of her. And at one point, Betty even told family members that Mary, who was still very much alive, had been hit by a truck and killed. Sheesh. (laughs) Yeah. So she's just like on the phone with her brother like. Oh, yeah, Mary died. She was hit by a truck. What the heck? <laughs> and, like, the girl is like, Mom, what are you saying? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, I just lost my spot. Oh, this part is really rough. So, apparently, later reports by Mary, she said that her her mother, who, as I, I said, was a sex worker, would pimp her out when she was just, like, four years old. Um, so evil. And another monumental incident in Mary's life was she saw her five-year-old friend get hit by a bus and killed. She witnessed it. What? So, like, she, she, I mean, like, I never want to take away responsibility. Yeah. But, like, she was primed for something bad to happen. Why like, did you say that? Well, because, I mean, she's got her mom is abusing her. When kids get molested, like, when kids are sexually abused, like, that really fucks them up. Yeah. She watched her best friend die. Like, her whole childhood is all about pain and suffering. Yeah. Like, and that's when you're developing most. So, she's going to associate love through, like, the pain of her mom's abuse. Like, she's – those wires are going to get crossed. So, it's, like – it's not saying that it's justified what she does, but it's, like – Her upbringing kind of – Yeah. Yeah. You look at it and you're, like – Okay, I can see how that happened. 
So by the time Mary was just 10 years old, she was already withdrawn. She was a manipulative child. She had a fascination. Fa- <laughs> Thanks, baby cheaters. <laughs> she had a fascination with violence and became known as a strange child. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On May 11th, 1968, which I, I, I mentioned the date because I, I feel I, I'm pretty sure Karen said this on my favorite murder, and I always felt this way too. Like I'd heard the story before, and I for some reason I always picture like this young I don't know like because she's in the UK. I like picture this like old like colonial times. Like <laughs> I feel like it's like in the like 1800s, but it's in the fucking 1968 that this all happens. It's just like it just doesn't sound real. Yeah. But it is. So, yeah, May 11th, 1968, a three-year-old boy ended up badly injured after a fall from the top of an air raid shelter. His family thought it was an accident. His family... I think it's an accident. His family didn't know Mary Bell. (laughs) Yeah. So that, unfortunately, it seems like looking back on this now that that was just kind of... Because a lot of times... People will, people who have these murderous inclinations will start small and like hurting animals, killing animals, and then you kind of move up. So I'm sure, you know, she allegedly like pushed him off of the top of this thing and then like probably enjoyed that, but then he didn't die. And then it was like, I got away with that. What can I get away with next? Yeah. So the next day, three different women called police to tell them that Mary had tried to choke their daughters. So three different parents were like, oh, interesting. She was associated with that little boy getting hurt. She has choked my daughter before. (laughs) (laughs) She's on the spree. (laughs) Like, I don't, this is so bizarre. But, uh, But Mary got a lecture. Not much else. I mean, it was the 60s and she was 10 years old, so they're not going to arrest her. But it should have been more worrying. But again, her mom didn't even want her, so I doubt she was monitoring her behavior. The day before Mary turned 11, she strangled four-year-old Martin Brown in an abandoned house in Scottswood, England. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. 10 years old. Before she even... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she's on the spree. <laughs> so she came back later with her friend Norma Bell, no relation, mm-hmm. because she wanted to show her the like Norma wanted to see the body. But by the time they got That's there, <laughs> yeah, but by the time they got there, it had already been found. There was some blood on Martin's face, but his body wasn't marked, so they couldn't they couldn't figure out how he died because strangulation is like. I mean, and, like, killers have said this in, like, very creepy interviews that, like, it takes so much longer to strangle someone than you think it does. Like, because it, it is such a, a a very, very strong, constant pressure. Is there a tutorial for it? What the heck? <laughs> no, <laughs> but just, properly? No, no, but, like killers have said this in in interviews like you know they watched horror movies or whatever yeah. and they envision like strangling people but it's like things get messy because they weren't expecting on shedding blood but like they weren't strong enough to maintain that hard heavy pressure for so long yeah and mary again she's 10 years old so like she can't so she she strangled him but because she was so small like she she didn't leave ligature marks because it wasn't a strong enough pressure. It was just that 
being a four-year-old, he was even more fragile, you know? Mm-hmm. So they ruled it as an accident because they there was no sign of physical trauma. Wow. And it was at this like abandoned house. And so there, you know, it was garbage and stuff there. And they found an empty bottle of painkillers. So cops were like, oh, he probably just ate all those painkillers. Clearly it was the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't they didn't check if it was in his system. They just were like, eh, there's the bottle. That makes sense. Yeah. He's let's four. Not, he probably ate a bunch of pills. Let's not do too much, okay? Yeah, let's not let's not like stay late or anything. Like <laughs> We pretty much solved the crime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is like real creepy. So days after Martin's death, Mary shows up at his house asking to see him. And so, of course, his mother thinks like this little girl's 10. She no, probably she did not. She probably doesn't understand the permanence of death. So she tries to kind of like delicately explain like Martin, like he can't come out and play like he's not with us. And Mary is just like, she's just like, Oh, I know. I want to see his body in a coffin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine a fucking 10-year-old child smiling and looking you in the face and telling you that she wanted to see your son's dead body in a coffin? I'd be like, please, get the like, fuck out of here. That is some omen-level shit. Yes. That next, is next level. so deeply troubling. I know. It would be funny if she like brought like a batch of brownies and was like, can I see the body? Like, as, like, a kind offering. (laughs) Just a neighborly curiosity. (laughs) But again, this is a fucking 10-year-old. Like, this girl is so off the leash. Like, she has no supervision that she goes to this house alone to be like, let me see that dead body. This is, like, her daily routine. Like It is so fucking... (laughs) This is, like, I I say this every time I talk about Mary Bell. Why are there not more movies about Mary Bell? There this story be. is so fucking terrifying. You just need to get a really good, creepy little girl, like the girl from uh, Ouija Origin of Evil. Yeah. She is also from the second Annabelle. That's two examples of two series she's in where the second movie is better than the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you just get a girl like that. I'm like, this is such a fucking creepy movie. Like, it's like Orphan, but like, this shit uh, actually happened. Yeah. Like, this is so scary. A concept. Yeah, fuck. Um, but so Martin's mother <laughs> slams the door in her face because I don't care if you're a 10. That's fucking disgusting. Get and the hell out of here. that's being nice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's being nice. <laughs> so then Mary and her partner in crime, Norma, who is one year older than her. Okay, yeah. So Norma – or Mary and Norma, they break into a nursery school and vandalize it. And some of their notes take responsibility for Martin's death. Mm-hmm. Like one of the notes said, I murder so that I may come back. Which is like really scary for a 10 year old to have written. I murder so I might come back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, that there is that's some demon shit. Like yeah, really. That's some, like, <laughs> she's a walking demon. Like that's she is possessed. <laughs> Not I'm only sorry. is she doing that, but she's like making stops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's pulling up. <laughs> Um, but cops were just like, oh, it's just a sick prank. So they installed an al- they installed an alarm system at the nursery school, but that they didn't do anything. That's all they did. <laughs> These cops are lazy. What is happening? I don't know. Honestly, murders in the 60s and 70s, actually, and 80s are like super hella frustrating because their cops are constantly like, they probably ran away. And you're like, my four-year-old did not run away. <laughs> like, 
fucking look for them. <laughs> like, it's every cop is like the cop in Stranger Things, like the first yeah. episode when he's like, coffees are for mornings and contemplation. And it's like, no, you're a fucking cop. Go find this missing child. Go do your job, please. Like, <laughs> this is literally your job. <laughs> oh my God. So the alarm system almost caught something because days later, of course, as most criminals do, Mary and Norma returned to the scene of the crime. But by the time police arrived, they were just loitering out front, which is not arrestable. So then it was just like, all right. Meanwhile, Mary is fucking telling her classmates that she killed Brown. She's telling them. But because she was such a liar and she was constantly telling these crazy stories, no one believed her. (laughs) But then it got to a point where she just like, she just was so dark and creepy that people were like, okay, but like, did you? (laughs) Like... Do you have proof? Bring it to show and tell. (laughs) (laughs) Two months after the murder on July 31st, Mary and Norma killed three-year-old Brian Howe once again by strangulation. But this time they went fucking insane and they mutilated the little boy's body with scissors and they butchered his penis. What? Which is not a fun sentence to say. Yeah, they like, they like cut this kid up with these scissors really went, went wild on them. Yeah. Cause that's what happens. Killers escalate. If it starts out bad, it is only going to get so much worse. Yeah. And think about that. Like she's 10 or like now she's 11. Like this is an 11 year old. Like it just imagine like if she was never caught, what she would be like at like 25. Oh, she would be awful, like, like insane. Yeah. She'd be a heavy hitter. Hell yeah. Like, holy fucking shit. I don't even know what I was doing at 10 or 11. Probably Not playing that. with Barbies. Yeah. Like watching, biggest- <laughs> watching Nickelodeon. Yeah. Getting, learning worry, lessons yeah. from Mr. Feeney on yeah. Boy Meets World. <laughs> Eating Lunchables. Yes. And go Yeah. Oh my gosh. Remember playing, Danimals? Yes. Playing with the Tamagotchi. <laughs> That just all it did was poop all day (laughs) and beep at you. I remember um, at some point, like years later, as like more of an adult, they re they kind of like re released them, and I was so excited. And my sister got me one for Christmas, and I was so excited. And I remember I played with that for like maybe five minutes, and I was like, "This is so fucking annoying." (laughs) It just beeps at you all day. Like, why was that? that, I remember how protective I was over my Tamagotchi. We got in trouble at school for having them with us. (laughs) I used to get, like, the tech tech things, like the skateboard finger. Oh, yeah. Like, this is so dumb, but it's entertaining me. I love it. Kids are so dumb. (laughs) Anything entertains us. (laughs) Oh my god. I mean, I don't know if I'm that different now. You put on a dog video and I will just watch it and yeah, just my same. eyes will glaze over. <laughs> like, I get hypnotized. I'm like, oh. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially, and I've said this before and I will say it again, sh- and strange animal friendships makes my life. Yeah. Like, give me a goat that's in love with a bear. I fucking love it. <laughs> I want to see a cat that rides around on an elephant's back, like I fuck, oh my god, I love it. Zebras so and monkeys get along pretty well. Oh god, that's so They're great. They're like great friends. That's so <laughs> great. I love it. That's like at the San Diego Zoo, the the cheetahs all have a, a dog best friend. 
Oh, yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. And then if you watch the show, they release the dog first to show you like how fast. The, and the dog is fast, but then they do the cheetah and then it's like, holy fuck, that's really fast. Yeah. But they're friends. Wow. It's so cute. The dog is basically like the cheetah's emotional support animal. Wow. Yeah, it is the best. Ugh. Connection. We love it. <laughs> I love the zoo. I like, I know like people are hesitant. Although I think San Diego is one of the good ones that like uses money for yeah. rescue and rehabilitation. But like, man, I fucking love the zoo. I love the zoo. <sighs> and the aquarium. I'm yes. Aquarium girl. Yes. Yeah. Like if a guy just, instead of being like, let's get drinks was like, let's go look at the tigers. I would be like, yes. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> Okay, back to something horrible. (laughs) After that particularly malicious and violent act, Mary and Norma are so psychotic that they put on happy faces and offer to help Brian's sister look for him. Wow. Yeah, right after they like tore his body apart. What the heck? (laughs) Okay, Mary was even bold enough to point out like the body, the body, wherever the body was hidden. Mary was like, oh, should we look over there? And they almost did, but Norma was like, oh, no, he would never be there. And so the sister went a different way. But, like, Mary is such a fucking crazy bitch. She's like, she's like, she's yeah, like, oh. try me. Why don't you go look behind that wall? Look what I just did. Yes. Oh, my God. So after his body was found, people lost their goddamn minds because it's like now that's two little boys dead in this small community with that long name in England. <laughs> Probably more syllables in the name than people in the town. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm basically picturing the holiday. <laughs> and that little that little cottage Kate Winslet lives in. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I mean, give me a movie where Jack Black is a viable love interest. All right. You've got me. He makes everything better. He's so fun. He yeah. forgot he was even in that movie. I saw an interview <laughs> the other day where people were saying, like, you were in a Christmas movie. And he was like, I was. <laughs> but I fucking love him in that movie. He's so yeah. cute. All right. But yeah, so everyone's like freaking out. Um, so then the coroner actually does its job. Her job, his job. I don't know who it was. Probably a man. It was the 60s. So Brian had an M carved into his torso. What's an M card? <laughs> Had an M card. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, what is an M card? Is that like a normal thing? Should I get one? <laughs> okay. He had an M card. Um, yeah, he had an M carved into his torso. And the amount of force used on Brian suggested something terrible that his killer was probably a child because they didn't have... Like, you would be able to tell, like, there would be ligature marks if, like, an adult strangled a child. Yeah. Oh, she's, like, leaving her autograph on these bodies. Yeah. (laughs) What? Yes. So, at this point, Mary is 11 and Norma is 13. And I wrote, being literal children, they have no chill whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, They were both so interested in the investigations they Norma was excited to talk to police when she was brought in. Detectives said she was smiling throughout questioning like she thought it was a joke. And Mary, on the other hand, was evasive, even though she was seen with Brian the day of his murder. Reportedly, 
This fucking creep. Reportedly, the day that Brian was buried, Mary was seen lurking outside his house. And when she saw the coffin, she reportedly rubbed her hands together and laughed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is like Disney witch shit. Yeah, she's freaking insane. Yeah, it's wild. And that finally made the police stop. Like, that's probably not the correct reaction to that. For a child. So they brought her in for another interview and Mary told them because killers, no matter how old, always think they're smarter than everyone. So she tells them, oh, I saw this eight-year-old boy hit Brian the day that he died. And she also said that that boy had been carrying a pair of broken scissors. Problem is, the investigators will often keep certain details about crimes out of the media so that if someone says it, they know that person was involved. Yeah. So the the detectives didn't release any information about the scissors. So the only way Mary could have known is because either she knows who killed him or she killed him. So she had just given herself up and then they kind of went harder with questioning and they both confessed. Uh, they both quickly turned on one another, but Norma cooperated with police. So she kind of had the upper hand, mm-hmm. but both got yeah. Both girls were charged and a trial was set. So at the trial, the prosecutor said that Belle's reason for committing the murders was solely for the pleasure and excitement of killing. And British press called her evil born. Yeah, you think? Which, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, Mary was convicted of manslaughter, but court psychiatrists convinced the jury that she had classic symptoms of psychopathy so she could not be fully held responsible for her actions. She makes it seem like it's like a book club. Like, oh, I just did it just because I enjoy it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile, Norma was considered a victim, which honestly, like, Mary may have been more evil. She was the one who physically committed the crimes. But, like, there's definitely something fucked with Norma. Yeah. But... She was painted as a victim who was pulled into it by Mary, so she was acquitted. The judge said Mary was dangerous and a serious threat to others, so she was sentenced to be in prison at Her Majesty's Pleasure, which apparently is a British legal term, meaning an indeterminate sentence. So that's interesting. She, Mary was known to say strange things to prison guards, such as, I like hurting little things that can't fight back. Wow. She's so evil. Yep. In 1977, she briefly escaped from the Moore court open prison with a fellow prisoner. And apparently this is so dumb. This just shows you fucking British tabloids, but apparently not only did the press go crazy because she escaped for a few days, but she apparently told them that when she and her friend escaped that she lost her virginity. So then like all these papers were writing about how like she, this like killer lost her virginity, like very bizarre, but she was, she was found three days later, brought back. Um, She was released from prison in 1980, but she was so young when she committed the murders that when she was released, she was only 23. And she was released on license, which apparently means that she was technically still serving her sentence, 
but could live in the community under strict uh, probation. And then, you know, she paid her time and she was given a different identity so she could live the rest of her life in anonymity, but she was still hounded by tabloids. Um, She had to move several times. She had a daughter in 1984, and it wasn't until she was 14 years old that she found out about her mom's criminal past. And the only reason she found out is because a tabloid tracked down where she was and journalists camped out at her house and the family eventually had to like sneak out like with bed sheets over their heads. What the hell? Because it's like (laughs) whatever, however you feel about her getting released, her daughter did not do anything. You know, like in 2003, the high court granted Mary and her daughter the right to live in anonymity. I really don't like that I had to say that word twice while stoned Um, (laughs) for the rest of their lives. And today, Belle and her daughter are in protective custody. They are protected under court order. And a lot of, of course, I mean, a lot of the victims' uh, families are pissed. Uh, Martin Brown's mom, June Richardson, said... It's all about her and how she has to be protected. As victims, we are not given the same rights as killers. Of course not. Yeah. And a powerful statement. And apparently there was a lot of drama too, because an author named Gitta Serenity collaborated with Mary on a book called Cries Unheard, which was about Mary's life. And so she sent her money, but you're, Killers aren't supposed to be able to profit off of telling their story because Mm -hmm. fucking murdered people. So like the government was brought in, but it was like after the fact and no one was, they were like, she spent the money. Like what, what are we supposed to do? What legally can we do? But Serenity said that she saw Mary as a horribly damaged child rather than a criminal So that's why she worked with her and she was just kind of like outraged. She was like, she helped me with this book. Obviously, I'm going to pay her. Um, But so that was a lot of drama. And because of all of this, court rulings that protect the identities of convicts are unofficially referred to in the UK as Mary Bell orders. Wow. So she started a whole movement. (laughs) so yeah this is uh the story of mary bell the child child killer yikes yeah mary bell is a big yikes she's Um, insane and like or was i mean she's probably still alive yeah probably yeah because that was just like like she was only in her 20s in the 80s oh yeah so she's definitely still yeah 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 but yeah, there we go. So <laughs> if you wanted to get scared while in quarantine, you can listen to this because this shit really happened. Um, and she's out there somewhere. Yeah. And only like very few people know where. So careful those Marys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's also typhoid Mary. She yeah. got everybody sick. Bloody Mary. Ugh, don't get me started with Bloody Mary. <laughs> Did you ever do that? Did you ever play that game? Yeah, I I definitely (laughs) did. I would like run upstairs and turn off the lights in my bathroom and say it. I really believe that. To this day, I still won't do it. I get scared of mirrors and bathrooms at night. Yeah. For sure. I get so scared. I mean, and I think I I told you guys the other day about like 
I, I randomly will think of Guillermo del Toro's mama, just this like weird kind of unidentified creature, like running down a hall. <laughs> Cause we just have like this long hallway. Yeah. That's so dark. It's the perfect hallway for a monster. It, to, like, it is. It's cause it's the perfect. It's like the way, like this is the camera angle that it would be in a horror movie. Like you open the bathroom door and the camera's behind you yeah. and you just see straight down the black hall and the end of the hall goes to the living room, which is where the front door is. So it's like, it's the perfect setup where it's like yeah. you innocently come out of the bathroom and then there's someone in your house every fucking time. And someone <laughs> could be in the kitchen. You wouldn't even know. Yeah. Cause it's like all the way in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Oh God. We could have a murder in here. We don't even know. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but there are people who hide in a, in like cupboards and shit. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We did a whole episode on it. People He's hiding a, in the cupboards. He was called the Batman of <laughs> Fuck. Was it Los Angeles? I don't know. The but Batman of there Los have Angeles. been multiple stories of like either homeless people or like uh People who like wanted were obsessed with someone or wanted revenge, like literally hiding in like crawl spaces and shit in their house. Yeah, there's a video of this like woman, this like tiny woman, like climbing out of cabinets. Like it's fucking terrifying. Can you imagine that you come home and someone's climbing out of your fridge? I'm scared of a literal (laughs) tiny spider. If a human being crawled out of something, yeah, I think I would have a heart attack. I think I would give you A for effort. (laughs) <laughs> like wow like all right i gotta give it to you yeah. he really wanted my food and you like, waited i mean <laughs> oh my god yeah okay so i just don't have the bandwidth right now to like to shoot the shit i honestly like comfort and i just bought we, we went in halfsies on a season of bad girls club <laughs> and i just want to watch it <laughs> So please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's all High Crime Pod. Our website is highcrimepod.com. Our email is info at highcrimepod.com. And we apparently are in the top 100 for true crime podcasts in Chile. So thank you. Big shout out to all of our Chilean fans. (laughs) We love you. yeah, and I just hope everyone is doing okay during this really bizarrely crazy time. It's a weird time. It's a very outside, weird time. It feels like Walking Dead. Yes. I no, treat it as such, it too. It honestly <laughs> feels like the Walking, like the first set, like the pilot of the Walking yeah. Dead. Like, I feel like everything should be in black and white. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> You're like in black and white walking in the grocery <laughs> store and all the shelves are empty. It's like film noir or something. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So basically stay safe and wash your hands, please. Yeah. Wash your hands, cover your mouth when you cough. Basic, just like we're this stuff, like I'm not downplaying it because we need to be vigilant, but like some of the, one of the ways we're freaking out negatively is that we're forgetting that our best defense against this is things that are easy to do that we have done for like stay inside like there might i i there were two really cool things i wanted to do this weekend and i skipped them because yeah. it is better and yes i realized that if i got it i would i likely wouldn't have anything serious happen because i'm young but the point is that i don't want if i am a carrier and i don't realize i don't want to spread it to someone who is immunocompromised compromised and can get sick so it's yeah. like just being mindful. Yeah. And just selfless. like, yeah, wash your hands. Uh, 
cover your mouth. Like literally basic shit you're taught when you're like a little snotty toddler. Yeah, like, and also just- <laughs> don't blow your – if you're in a coffee shop, don't blow your nose. By the lids. By the lids, okay? <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Get your shit together, Carol, basically, <laughs> is what we're saying. And – you know, just like veg and watch a bunch of horror movies or trashy reality TV. Viral's Club. <laughs> what season is it? Season nine. Oh God, we With are on Erica? the second episode, and it is already so much better than the entire season of The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started. With the Bachelor. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I get too upset. Too upset. Uh, okay. Later, Later buds. buds. Nice. Sweet. We did that. Yeah.